Welcome, everyone, to the AI in Business podcast. I'm Matthew DeMello, Senior Editor here at Emerge Technology Research. Today's guest on the program is Conversica Chief Marketing Officer David Greenberg. David joins us on the program to explore the biggest challenges for sales and marketing teams trying to turn leads into authentic opportunities. Stay tuned as we discuss where data is making a difference in solving those challenges and helping enterprises grow their outbound in a manageable way that insulates themselves from the friction of high SDR turnover. Today's episode is sponsored by Conversica, and without further ado, here's our conversation. David, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you very much. I'm thrilled to be here. So diving right in, what do you see as the biggest challenges facing sales and marketing teams trying to turn leads into authentic opportunities? I guess authentic is really the the key word there. Yeah, no, great word and great question. And in some ways, this has been an ongoing dynamic in businesses for many, many years. I think one of the things that immediately comes to mind has less to do about what's happening inside the walls of the company and more about what's happening outside. There's this been amazing statistic that came out a couple of years ago, and this is a little bit outdated, but I think it fully illustrates the point that in about 2021, we reached the tipping point where customer experience is more important than the product people buy themselves. So if you think about that, no matter how great a product you build, how amazing it is, and if you have poor customer experience, customers will go elsewhere still. There's a reason that there's chief customer experience officers and customer experience has been the number one item on the table across sales and marketing executives over the last five years more and more. It's because, so this gets down to the point of the buyer's expectations have really changed. Buyers can research and do as much work as they want by themselves with their peers to evaluate your services or your offering. And they decide when they want to engage with you. So when they engage with you, you got to make sure that that experience and the plan you have to engage with them, it works really well, or they're going to quickly abandon and leave somewhere else. So when you think about the dynamic between sales and marketing in particular, and this sort of top-down pressure that's changing, it really means that marketing and sales have to start behaving differently. When that you engage with sales, you have to be educational, you have to be a thought leader, whereas before, the only avenue to learn about the product used to be engaging with the salesperson. So for me, this takes a new funnel approach that sales and marketing have to buy into and agree to. And that takes a lot. And that that's obviously drives a lot of change. So that's a really important concept. I think a challenge that mm-hmm. sales and marketing teams are going to have to adjust to more and more as we keep going forward. For sure. My background in this, uh, you know, before I came into research, I had done research in, in global policy contexts, but I was actually how I entered the AI world was through sales and marketing. And I know that point of handoff is always a point of contention for every industry, every business model where that handoff is becoming increasingly important. What do you see as the growing challenges in that process, especially as, as we're bringing data into the mix? Yeah, that's another great question. You're right. When a lead is sales ready and there's an, and the chances of an active opportunity is something that's always been a handoff and a dynamic and a process, business process that marketing and sales have to work together. If you recall with marketing automation coming into the rise in people, the the invention of the MQL sort of made possible where they use very traditional scoring. 
And that came from what nowadays feels like very rudimentary data points. Did they visit our website? Did they click on an email? It really has nothing to do about how they're the quality of the engagement more around are they clicking and visiting, which was a huge breakthrough at the time, right? Because you went from a period where normal lead conversion was 1%, to suddenly now you can make it 6 7%, which is sounds small, but if you think about the shape of the funnel and the amplification that it has outward and, and the cost offset it does to fill the top of the it's a huge number. Yes, yes. So it's a, right. So I think one of the big breakthroughs we're starting to see, and you know, obviously we are work with several cutting edge customers in the space, is they've been using AI to more better to better qualify leads, especially with all the hype you've been hearing recently around GPT. That's just that's all valid mm -hmm. and AI is becoming more and more real to the world. But this technology has been around, let's say, for the last four or five years, where it really works in a B2B environment. Right. And so basically what they're doing is now they're having, well, for our world, as we call them revenue digital assistants, but these are AI virtual assistants that can process and work leads until they become hand raisers. So they're engaging and driving in that experience and trying to educate them at scale mm -hmm. until they are actually willing and want to talk to sales. You know, in, in our world, we call that hand raisers. Often people probably have other terminologies. So a lot of our customers have started moving away from traditional marketing qualified leads into something called conversation qualified leads. Right. These are leads that digital assistants are out there working, qualifying, and when they are, are actually saying, all right, I would like to talk to a sales rep and get a demo or whatever your call to action is, that's where the handoff is happening. And that's leading to a lot more productivity and a lot less waste on the side as well. For sure. And keeping in mind who's doing that handoff, I still have a ton of friends uh, in my community from from that SDR job, you know, in sales. I know pandemic has been challenging for everyone, both sides nice. of the table, uh, just in terms of turnover in that area. Tell us a little bit just about where that handoff is being made by human beings and a little bit more of the workflows being handled by this RDA concept or the virtual assistant concept. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And and what's really exciting and interesting around this is it's really leading to sort of a new workforce model that people are creating. So you're right. In the old traditional model, marketing produces leads, they become MQLs, and you have a sales development group or a business development group, SDR or BDRs, that often process all of the leads. And also, by the way, do a lot of the outbound, which maybe we could touch on sure. later. All of that processing leads to those results I talked about earlier, a six or seven percent conversion rate. So it's a not only is it a, definitely a numbers game and you need a lot of scale, which means lots of people, but on the other side of the coin, SDRs have you know a really hard job because most of the time it's it's uh, let's just be honest, it's kind of one of the soul-sucking jobs that's sitting out there in business where people get no's and don't want to be called and don't want yeah. to be contacted and you know, you have to have a lot of rigor to bust through that and continue to get up and do it every day. And, you know, whether it was COVID or something else, that entire industry has changed over the last five years, both in terms of how long they stay in the job and satisfaction in that role. So it's really a top-down and a bottoms-up dynamic that's changing. So a lot of companies who are seeing their sort of their next breakthroughs are actually beginning to mess around with this people model and bringing in AI to do a lot of the 
critical but grunge work mm -hmm. that's required to prospect and drive engagement and nurture prospects um, and letting SDRs be more valuable resource doing stuff that people are good at. Right, right. You mentioned chat GPT before. Large language models are a huge influence in this space. Of course, there's a big difference out there, especially for our 101 listeners, you know, for whom they're discovering chat GPT through their teenager, kind of through pop culture of yes. which it's having a big moment right now. But tell us what the difference that these technology makes, large language models, GPT, in terms of that difference in AI being able to be leveraged to that scale now that we have more human beings leaving that SDR market, as you were just mentioning? Right, right, right. Yeah, great question. And it's really interesting being in this market as we see the explosion of chat GPT and the technology kind of exploding out there. It's interesting. I recently presented at a B2B marketing conference, B2B MX, and the subject was around the rise of GPT. And it's just amazing watching the statistics. Like there were a couple of statistics I, that we pulled up. Chat GPT has surpassed TikTok worldwide in terms of search volume. Wow. And it's projected in the next year, it's going to surpass COVID in terms of search volume. So just think about the magnitude that it, has. I mean, th that and, really can't be put in, in, in a smaller scale because when you say it, it's beating TikTok, what people have to realize is that over the course of a couple of months when pandemic started, TikTok over, overcame Facebook and Google, which had been previously thought to be unbeatable in these spaces. So that you've had, That's right. you know, the king of the world in this metric not only change once but twice in under three years is almost, I, I hate to use a negative word, but almost catastrophic change in terms of, of how we conceive of, of who's, who's running the Internet, really. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. Totally agree on that front. And and of course, the 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 magic question underneath all that is, why did it take off so much? Right. We certainly at Converska have a hypothesis on this, and part of it has to do with, wow, finally there's two way engagement. But it's also just incredible how powerfully human it is. Like you can see people posting it everywhere, how spot on they are, how they can work with you and work with the people to get whatever they're trying to do. I think the interesting part about this is much of the conversation, I want to get back to your question sure. here, much of the conversation right now is really focused on the content generation part of it. Write me an essay about X or write me a follow-up email to XYZ prospect that contains personal information. Like It can do all of that. And it's really amazing. But I think one of the differences and one of the important things to keep note is you know, in a business world where you have outcomes and rigor and goals you're trying to drive to, chat GPT is not. And so one of the things we spend a lot of time in our industry with is beyond those language models, which are incredible, powerfully human two-way exchanges, and certainly a huge breakthrough in the world in terms of what AI can do, you also have to keep in mind that there needs to be models that define the outcomes you're trying to drive to. Like, how do I take the conversation that is now on coffee and bring it back to, are you interested in purchasing coffee? And you have to have models that can take it to an outcome. You also need to have AI that knows your brand. And specifically in a B2B setting, like I'm talking about, you can't just trust chat GPT to grab stuff off the internet. You want it to become like the smartest brand mm -hmm. advocate out there. So there's, so there's other. My point being here is beyond this incredible chat GPT that's exploded and where people are seeing how powerful AI really can be. You need more actually to apply it to a business setting, and so you need it thinking about how am I driving to sales meetings, 
How am I driving it to customer success quarterly business mm-hmm. reviews? How am I using it to drive when product usage is is less? Or how am I driving it when a lead is a hand raiser, as we were talking about earlier? Right, right. So it's really fascinating watching this all happen. And you can see how the industry, particularly across marketing and sales, is exploring how they can use it to make their funnel move faster mm-hmm. at the highest level. Can we describe maybe some of the more advanced use cases, you know, where the LLM is underscoring bespoke model capabilities oriented towards business goals, as you just mentioned, just away from the, you know, the conversational AI? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I guess for the audience here and, you know, in the conversation across the marketing and sales funnel, it might be good to just kind of focus on that. But if you think about as a marketer, the various use cases is you have fresh new leads coming in who are just getting to know your brand. What's your plan to have a two-way human-like dialogue with them to get educate them, give them the materials, and to provide them an amazing customer experience so they go look at your website and do more mid-funnel things? Like That's one example of kind of a maybe a, a real high-value use case. Also, people are using this a little bit like nurture, like automation 2.0, marketing automation 2.0, where they're using at least with our clients, are using our AI revenue digital assistance to be involved in the nurturing plan they have with their customer base. And of course, this can be super hyper-personalized, hyper-segmented. If the prospect says, can you reach out in five days, it remembers in five days and follows up mm-hmm. and makes no mistakes, and it can go at scale. So in the marketing world, I would say just kind of just push out a couple of real high value use cases. There's the, how do I take my high funnel interest and get them to be hand raisers? And there's the, how do I take my stock database that I've invested probably millions in to build over the past few years and begin to develop a new way, two-way conversational way to engage with those prospects beyond traditional marketing brand emails. Right. So in the marketing world, that's what's really shaping up, starting to happen. And I think the big thing being here is that this is two-way conversational, right? So the prospect can write back, ask any question. The AI model can understand the intent, deliver what they're asking for, understand what segment they're in, even do things like try to get phone numbers and append information into the CRM, et cetera, et cetera, highly advanced. When you go into sales, it's really fascinating. There's been an, a myriad of use cases we've seen across our client base. One is in SaaS, in particular, free trials. They've been using our revenue digital assistance to help further their free trials and to help drive engagement in case any problem and, and to make sure that you know they push forward down their micro sales funnel there. We have sales using it for win back campaigns. Like if we have lost customers or customers that didn't buy, they can run it. And there's specific skills that we've developed behind each of these use cases that drives the appropriate conversation and outcome and knowledge to do it. Very, very interesting stuff. I do want to just translate the difference that we're drawing a little bit for our 101 listeners between the bespoke LLMs as as you see where everything's going in the market. I know I've had a ton of conversations, especially on the FinServe side, about this you know evolving market for bespoke models, particularly LLMs that are tailored to fit industries, tailored to fit businesses. And what you're talking about in terms of those specific LLMs is those could drive outside of what they see on chat GPT. Those could drive conversations conversational AI, SaaS driving free trials, the examples that you just mentioned, once they're able to get a, a large language model that they can fit to the core goals of their business, not a general 
language model that can be applicable to anyone that might run into more problems where customers interacting with it, sales professionals interacting with it might not get the specific answers that they're looking for. Probably worth it to underscore here, you know, in regards to chat GPT, wherever we see this bespoke uh, large language model market going, that the fundamental here is that AI is only as smart as the context that you give it because chat GPT is general, general use. It's not meant to have a ton of context. That's why you see, you'll ask it for a prompt and it will get maybe half of a Wikipedia page right because it doesn't have the whole Wikipedia page. It needs that context. And when you have bespoke language models, they have very specified context to your business, to your industry, et cetera. Just wanted to draw that distinction in terms of your last answers for our 101 listeners. Uh, I want to ask from here now that we've got everybody on the same page, what have you seen in terms of results for these use cases outside of the more general large language models? Yeah, that's good. And obviously, you know, I say this varies client by client and depending on what what they're trying to do. But I'll, I'll say in terms of a new way to engage with the market, we're definitely seeing, seeing some really fascinating results. One, across our, our entire client, and I, I'm, I'll speak like specifically to data that, that we have and we can share, to our own and client base, we're seeing about a 40% conversation rate with our AI revenue digital assistants. So that means four in 10 of the people that we are engaging with are responding and going back and forth and asking for information and and wanting to continue to learn more about the brand. So that's a really amazing stat when you think about in today's world, a 12 to 13% open rate is considered pretty good for emails. And realize the distinction between open rate means that like the email was open, not that anybody actually digested it. Right. So that's a very distinctive and really shows the appetite that buyers have to get what they want in the right way. So that's a really amazing statistic. I will also say that for those using this in a more traditional marketing and sales use case, we're seeing across our client base a 12% conversation qualified rate. So as you deploy them, we're seeing 12 of them being worked well enough that 12% of them are raising their hand and wanting to take the sales step in the funnel, which is pretty incredible. And you can imagine the number of human hours and phone calls and things that would have had to take place, emails that would have had to take place to work that without the scale of the AI doing that. So that's a really incredible stat I wanted to point out. As a company, I will say we see our clients get about 24x ROI on deploying solutions like this and rethinking how their business development and sales frontline model looks. So that's a very compelling number, and and clearly that can be used in different areas as well, too. Overall, it's been really compelling, and it's really been amazing seeing the market, especially as ChatGPT has been coming up over over the last four months. Like The market has already been engaging with this technology and getting what they want. So that's been really fascinating. Right, right. And as you're seeing with GPT-4, because they've had so much interaction, they have all this new context with everybody chipping in. Yep. Now they're now their models are becoming more bespoke. They they have versions of chat GPT that are specific to very proven use cases that we're seeing across the market. I won't go on about them anymore. We've given them a lot of free yeah, advertising no, you know, this episode. <laughs> no, no, I, I hear you. And, and it's 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 incredible how accurate yeah. it is. Like across the client base, RAI is is accurate over 98% of the time. So yeah. of the 
millions and hundreds of millions of engagements that we have going across the globe at any given year, it's right 98% of the time. It's also very, I think another point I just wanted to make is this isn't like throw AI at it and hope it works. There's got to be a smart business process yep. built out so that as you invest in it, you keep making the AI smarter. And so I, one thing that that Converska does, and I think it's really important in the industry overall, is that there's kind of this concept of human in the loop. When AI can't answer it or there's misinformation, there's a flag that goes into somebody who's accountable for learning the AI to answer it correctly the next time. And so we have a nice virtuous circle with our client base, but overall 98% of the time plus it's accurate. And when it's not, it goes back into a person who can then feed it back into that model again right? to make it better. And, and improve that 98th percentile. I think we should also, you know, just with my background sales marketing for the listeners that are coming from, you know, less marketing sales, heavy industries, we have a lot of manufacturing listeners. We should emphasize, or at least let me come in as something of an objective third party to emphasize how seismic a change like 7%. Uh, what was what was the CTR rate change? Well, 12% conversation qualifies. Right. So for every 100 leads, the AI works. 12% of them over time evolve into wanting to engage with the sales team right. in this particular that, That's a huge, like that sounds like Ford yards on the, on the down to those without a ton of marketing experience. But for those of us in marketing, that's like seeing the, the, the demand and, uh, and supply curves go in the same direction. Like, it's like, uh, we're starting to see things that humans wouldn't be capable of on their own in terms of number That's right. and That's and right. I don't want to in in you know especially for all of our work at emerge where we want to highlight where that's authentically happening it's worth some highlight david thank you so much for being with us on the program today we've had a lot of fun and it's been really illuminating seeing where ai capabilities are changing the game for sales and marketing well thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure And on a quick point before we wrap up today's show, I know I gave a longer explanation at the end of the program about the difference between bespoke large language models, chat GPT, but I also even want to draw a stronger distinction between what those terms refer to and conversational AI, as you've heard it on the show. Conversational AI is, especially for the FinServe space, a very transformative technology if employed the right way but it takes and requires three distinct phases of enterprise initiatives in order to tie conversational AI to the concrete business strategies of the organization. For more on how this works, check out the article Optimizing the Entire Conversation, the Three Phases of Conversational Customer Experience Transformation, written by yours truly, published November 23rd, 2022 on banking.emerge.ai. Very valuable resource, especially for those in the FinServe space or really anywhere where you have a call center. On behalf of Daniel and the entire team here at Emerge, thanks so much for joining us today and we'll catch you next time on the AI and Business Podcast.